0: Welcome to Lobel's Spark.
1: it's like the equivalent of taking a five-hour energy shot, but it's, it literally becomes like a rage and then like wildfire. Where I'm like, boom! You want that to touch other people's yes, lives? That, no yes,
0: thats all I want. What's up, everybody? I am your host, Lobau, and welcome to season three of Lobau's Spark Fireside Chats. Today's guest is Carolyn Cantrell Snowden, and I am honored to have her here today. I am honored because she is a published poet, and her work is simply incredible. You can find her great poems on ccsnowden.com. You will find a poem on her website that relates to you in your life. It is a guarantee. Now, while her work is unbelievable, To me, what's most impressive about Carolyn is that she used to babysit yours truly years and years ago. So let's go fireside as I am reunited with one of my favorite people of all time, Carolyn Snowden. Carolyn Cantrell Snowden.
1: What is going on? I'm just
0: glad to see you again. Like, this is very, very cool. Um... So you're. You
1: don't look a day over 15.
0: That's awesome because (laughs) I don't necessarily drink a day over 15 either. I have my Jack Daniels in hand.
1: I mean, there's not a night that goes by where I don't see on the news a Zoom call that. didn't realize they were being recorded exposed
0: right which is why when we have this zoom meeting it's awesome because it doesn't matter (laughs) um by the way i feel like all of your poetry you can like anyone that reads your website and goes through poems can get something out of a poem in there there is Uh not one person on earth they can't get something from it that's just my opinion
1: (laughs) Well, I, you know, I don't keep a diary and I'm not um, a blogger, so it's just sort of my way.
0: Right. So when did you get into, like, take me through the process of becoming a published poet, because that is something that I absolutely know nothing about, is how to do that. Like, how does that happen?
1: Accident. Um, So when I was in fifth grade, we um, did a poetry unit where we had to, as a class, we had to pick a poem And I think they probably guided us on, you know, some kid appropriate poetry like Shel Silverstein. And um, so we had to pick a poem, memorize it and present it. You know, we're 11 years old. This is kind of some heavy stuff. And um, on top of that, they combine the fifth and sixth graders into a keepsake like original poetry unit, uh, or booklet rather, where we would write our own personal poem for the first time. And then they would compile them all. And at the end of the year, sort of like a yearbook. Um, but it was a poetry book. (laughs) So that was, that was when I was introduced to poetry. And, um, my first poem was about a horse and I compared it to, um, the speed, you know, he's going, he's going. And then all of a sudden he starts to slow down like a merry-go-round. And that was like, that was just the, the poem. But I just started, um, I guess I liked poetry from that moment on, especially Shell Silverstein. He still is one of my all-time favorite poets. And um, I wrote poetry for family. I just would write to my great-grandmother or you know, write something for my mom, a, a cheesy birthday poem or Mother's Day or whatever. You know, you're a kid, you're broke. So what do you have? Nothing. Um, so I wrote poetry and I guess the feedback was good. And so I kept going. And so my entire life, like I have a collection that's not even online that spans my entire life. Um, you know, there there were probably gaps, many years of, you know, no poems written, but um I tell you, once I became a mom and I wanted to document the only way I really know how to do it, that's what I would start doing. I have a whole book of poems just about being a new mom.
0: That's amazing. So, uh, I mean, that, so that's your way. That's your photo album, basically.
1: It's just my way. Yeah. I I cannot come across the way I want to unless I have put it in verse. Um, that, that, like, if wow. I, if I had politics or love or fear or any topic – I really, the best way I can express it is to condense everything very, you know, finitely into a verse. And I will lay awake at night, and there will be verses.
0: Okay, that's... So I
1: imagine if I was a songwriter or a musician, that's probably what they go through.
0: Right. Yeah, no... It's I, a little bit of
1: having you know, lyrics in your head.
0: That's incredible, because the only way that, like, I can put things together like that, which I'm not nowhere near your level on that is through videos yeah. is creating yeah. videos of old pictures and stuff like that. But you're able to put that into words with words, which is like a ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculously smart uh, <laughs> way of doing it. And I'm very sorry about the Romeo and Juliet, by the way, comment. <laughs> I mean, Shakespeare in your eyes said to Yeah. Shakespeare in my eyes. So one of my favorite stories ever is, uh, I'm not going to name the place, but it was a center in, uh, let's just put it this way. It was a center for people with ADHD as kids. Got it. <laughs> and, uh, and so you took me there one day and this was when my dad, my parents were out of town because my dad was ill with, you know, his first round of cancer way back in the day. And of course I was nervous and worried and, you know, all of that. And I remember sitting down with this guy that was supposed to, you know, assist me, uh, with how to spell words and all this. And I was like, I'm not having this. Like, this is just, is just ridiculous. I was like, uh, yeah. So my babysitter has a doctor's appointment and, uh, you know, I kind of have to go. And uh, he goes, well, I feel like you're trying to pull pull a fast one on me. And I said, no, um, No, she really does have a doctor's appointment. He said, no, uh, you're lying to me. And I go, okay, would you like to hear the truth? My dad is going through cancer surgery right now, and I'm upset about it, so you're going to let me leave. And I remember telling you that when I got in the car and you're like, what do I need to do? Do I need to go in there and tell them? I'll tell them. I'll tell them whatever you want me to tell them. <laughs> I, like, uh, I said, yes, goodness, this person speak of. Carolyn is protecting me.
1: Well, that just confirms the quality that um, I've been told I have. And I, I admit it. I rescue people. Right. I rescue dogs. I rescue people. I rescue.
0: In my so... ultimate time of need. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> in my ultimate time of need, I just, I needed to cry and I needed to, just go back to the lake and you literally said what can i do i'm there i am doing it you know regardless Aww. and that is so awesome i still remember that to this day vividly
1: Well, you know what I remember about the drives to and from was listening to Matchbox 20. Oh, hell. I was not familiar with that band, only only because of you. So whenever I hear Matchbox 20, I think of you.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Well, whenever I uh, protect somebody else, I think, how would Carolyn do this?
1: Oh, my gosh. That's a bumper sticker. Isn't it? (laughs) What would Carolyn do?
0: What would Carolyn do? And, uh, wow. and, well, because it, it literally was, I mean, you, you didn't get mad about it. You just kind of, you just stepped up and you were just like, oh, hell no. This guy's not That's good.
1: the mama bear. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. That's what the mama
1: bear Yeah. Did. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm 46 in July, so <clears throat> edging up to 50.
0: And I'm 38. Yeah. So you're eight. What? But what mental illness things did you go through during that? So, it,
1: yeah, just, it, just to kind of like clarify what I was talking it's about, not, the illness. Right. Um,
0: it's not mental illness. It was something that actually was physically. It
1: felt very mental ill. <laughs> felt,
0: it felt mentally ill, but it was a physical yeah. thing that was.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. So in, um, around May of 2013, I started feeling more on the edge. Like I couldn't figure out why, but it wasn't, um, you know, a normal feeling for me. And so I went to uh, my doctor and she prescribed me just some Lexapro, you know, just kind of take the edge off things. And Lexapro is just a very mild, you know, antidepressant. So we did that. And um, it immediately helped me with my moods and my edginess. But all of a sudden I had the worst insomnia that I had ever experienced. And mind you, I had Robin, who was uh, probably three and Hallie was my new baby that was one or one and a half. So I'm still in that new mom phase where sleep doesn't come easy anyway, but this was unexplained. I could not figure out how to get into that restful state that you can sleep. Well, so fast forward, this went on for a while and we went to North Carolina with my parents for the 4th of July. And I had not slept like the whole night through and I had you know this huge deficit for not sleeping. And I had this massive panic attack and went to the ER and they did all the tests. They couldn't find anything. And so we came back and um, kind of the same things were happening again. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't explain how I felt. But there was just this anxiety, this unexplained anxiety that I couldn't put into words. And it would cause these panic attacks. I kept having these massive panic attacks and would go to the ER and they would run, you know, whatever tests I had. CT scans. I it, the one thing that I missed was my high. My blood pressure was so high, I was near stroke.
0: No and way. They
1: released me every time with like this kind of look. They they treated me like I was a drug addict looking for drugs because I I couldn't sleep and I was like just make me sleep. Sure,
0: exactly. I appear
1: crazy. Um, But anyway, so they missed it. And then my mom um, told me to go to her primary care and he nailed it. He's the one that said this, I think this is metabolic. This is a thing called Cushing's and we're going to do the right tests. And sure enough, um, we did the right test and it took like maybe five or six days to come back. But um, it confirmed that I, the reason why I could not sleep was I had a tumor on my pituitary gland, which was telling my adrenals to produce cortisol constantly. And cortisone, cortisol rather is the fight-or-flight right, right, hormone. Right. They chew up every day. Well, I had seven times the normal oh, amount going God. through my body constantly. So that's why I felt like there was a bear chasing me and I couldn't sleep. Wow. Yeah, and the only remedy for that is surgery. So I um, had brain surgery and they went up my nose and into my skull and removed the, the teeny-tiny little whatever a they call it, I guess, and um, that was in 2013. Okay,
0: so let me get this straight: you had brain surgery in 2013, yeah. and you are married yeah. with two or two or three great kids now.
1: Two, two, I have two okay, kids. two,
0: kids. <laughs> two great kids. They're
1: 12 nine. Yeah. You're
0: a published poet.
1: One of my my oldest, um, she she does fine, right. but it takes her, and she she does have ADD. I don't know if she has ADHD, but she has, <laughs> she's diagnosed. Right. But she does not take anything for it. She Good. would rather just you know, gut it out because the, the side effects aren't worth it to her. And we're, we're just bad pill takers, too. But anyway, <laughs> um, a- she, you know, I think because we're not the kind of parents, and I don't know, for better or for worse, we're just not the kind that demand a B on a roll. You give us your best, we'll be fine with whatever that is. Right. Your comments from your teachers mean more to me than the grade. You know, all that stuff. Um that's
0: important. As long
1: as as long as, you know, we felt like we see effort.
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm jealous of that. I I couldn't adjust in in middle school or high school. I just I got so angry at like the stuff that they were teaching me because I knew I never needed it. Like that that was the hardest part is knowing that like I'm sitting there and it's forty five I'm like forty five minutes of my life in a class getting taught algebra. What, what, when is that ever relevant? Like,
1: you mean you haven't had a solve for X this whole time?
0: (laughs) No, for some reason, no one's ever asked me that question. Yeah. Like, what, why are we doing this? Right. In terms of, because I'm sure that your daughter is brilliant.
1: She's um, very good at a lot of different things. She's well rounded, which we like, but, um, (laughs) You know, she's very bitter with, about me choosing her language for her. <laughs> I am obsessed with French, and France. She hates her French teacher. She hates the French language, and now she never wants to go to France. And so I've only been to Paris, but it is—I just—I fell in love with it.
0: But you, there's the poetry side, is.
1: It's romantic, yeah. yeah it, it is, is. It it's all right?
0: <laughs> That's awesome.
1: It's a writer's. Paradise. It's
0: a writer's paradise.
1: I also. Yeah, there we go. <laughs>
0: adoptable
1: Dog Cafe, um, which is a nonprofit I started, um, I guess, in 2016. And literally, I just saw a clip on Facebook of a grand opening of a dog cafe that opened in Los Angeles. And it was just like a Panera type place with coffee and then a room full of adoptable dogs. And I was like, oh my God, this is so genius why didn't you know why don't we have these all over the entire country and I didn't have a chunk of change to go buy a place or whatever so I just did the best I could with what I had and started it as a nonprofit. and um, so we have adoption events I serve free coffee that's provided to me through a local roaster and people come and sip pre- free coffee and meet adoptable dogs
0: which is, thera-
1: <laughs> I, I <read>
0: <laughs> which is therapeutic for the people yeah. for the people that are yeah. going in plenty of
1: people that cannot adopt because of a lease or right. a home situation or you know just not the right time frame they come because they know there's no commitment to adopt that they have to you know sign on a dotted line but they can come and enjoy that experience
0: is that was that on shark tank i, I feel like there was something. Idea like that that was on Shark Tank, that uh, it be.
1: yeah,
0: yeah, it, it damn well should be. But, um, what is your number one memory over the past five years? What is the number one thing in the past five years only?
1: Um, now, memory because like mo- was- most
0: important, most emotional, just I- anything. If you were to say. Carolyn Snowden in the past five years, what's number one?
1: Um, um offer to be a published poet in a monthly uh, newspaper. That's awesome. Because that, you know, that started in fifth grade. I know. And I never never dreamed that it'd be more than me writing cheesy poems to my family. Right. And then it became a way of documenting life things and, and just, you know, talking through life out loud with my, how I do it. Right. And, and then it, it was important enough to put into the hands of people I don't even know.
0: Right. And that's honestly, that's where like, there is a, a true connection between you and I is because in fifth grade, what was I doing? Loving sports. And yeah. now I work in sports and you're an established poet. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's really cool. It It, it, it is amazing that when you're a kid and you dream something, it is po- it really is possible.
1: So that happened for you in 5th grade?
0: No, it happened to be well before 5th grade. Uh
1: I was going to say um I was told by someone I can't remember who it was <laughs> that 5th grade is like a big year for people to discover, you know, something.
0: Yeah. Oh no, right. it was it, it was way before when my parents were hauling me to football games and you know, I loved it and all of a sudden I got addicted to it and then it was like, okay, uh, yeah. So I kind of want to do this forever. Uh, and that's, I mean, yeah. just like you with poetry. It's the same thing. It doesn't matter what you love. It's just how much effort you're willing to give to it over the course of your life.
1: Right. And unfortunately, not unfortunately for me, I can't speak to anyone, but what it means to me, I never, ever, um, chase or I'm not motivated by money. So I don't chase a dollar. I just do what I do because I want to do it. And I expect that either it's going to eventually pay me one day or it'll just pay my soul. It's not going to mean anything more than satisfying something within me. And that there is no price tag on that. So it gives me peace and happiness and all the things you can't buy.
0: That's like the most intelligent comment I've ever heard in my whole life because it's so true.
1: Well, I'll when, give my dad credit. He always, you know, I was never hugely into finding like a career,
0: right? Um, right.
1: You know what what's going to pay my rent? You know, I just I gotta have a job, right? Right. Um, but anyway, <laughs> he, he would always say, "Look, there's going to be jobs that you know pay the rent and the the things, but there's also going to be things that um you're they're not paying you for that you, if you find something you love that will pay you in spirit." And so I always considered. Things, you know, if I find the job that's going to keep me above water, I don't have to worry too much about, you know, chasing that extra money. Nothing against money. Oh, I no, no. Money. Oh,
0: oh no, neither do I. No, but Don't not, get me wrong. Not having
1: it bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it doesn't motivate me. No. It doesn't motivate me at all. Like I just, everyone has always said, why don't you go into event planning? Well, because then it's not fun anymore. Right. So then I have to like serve it. I have to be someone else what did the podcast teach you about yourself that you did not already know
0: in terms of what it has taught me this is really about you yeah well right this is really humbling to say is that maybe sometimes (laughs) i can do things that i would ordinarily view as boring well
1: Interesting.
0: Now what? So, for example, for a example. podcast.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: When I thought about a podcast, I'm like, it is an edited radio show. There is no visual. There is nothing but audio. Okay. I, 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 I no, absolutely not. I want to see the video. I want to see the audio or see the visual. I want to see all that stuff. Like, but I mean, this was born to me. I was like, a podcast is for people that don't have anything else to do at all. Like, this is so boring. And then I did it, and I was like, wait. You do have the ability to accept and actually like some things that you would automatically... I learned about myself that I put a lot of labels on things that I shouldn't.
1: Interesting. I like that. And also, if you need a visual for yourself while you're doing your podcast... Think of people like me who work out of the home, who are juggling, you know, the domestic part of things, washing dishes, folding laundry. We have to have something to go along with those mundane, mind-numbing tasks. And that is what we do. We listen to podcasts. And I can't tell you how many times on Facebook, in various groups, like mom groups especially, I need a new podcast to listen to. So that's what we do. Really? We juggle have to do on a day-to-day basis that could not be more boring than anything, you know, folding clothes, doing dishes, all that stuff. And we listen to stuff while we're doing it. I used to listen to three jobs, Mike Rowe, um, and his, uh, I forget what it was called, but anyway, his podcast used to get me through the housework stuff.
0: And, and That's amazing because like, I never, it, it, the way you put it makes sense is we can't watch something because we're too busy doing it. <laughs> you know, the thing. So right. podcast is a perfect thing. Oh, I get it's it. a tough pill to swallow, <laughs> <laughs>
1: but you got it down. You got it down. Yeah. Um, uh, with a little Jack and Coke.
0: <laughs>
1: um... <laughs> Oh yeah. Where do you see your when you're, when you're
0: 48 and 58, 48 and 58, and 58, I mean, so the yeah. 10 years is a lot easier to, to do. Uh, okay. I would say 10 years. I 100% see my wife and I owning a lake house. <laughs> That's the start that within 10 years, we will be owning a lake house. That, that is, this is where we want to live. This is how we're going to do that. The 20 years mm-hmm. is interesting. <sighs> right. So, okay. So in 20 years, I will say that as long as I'm married to the same woman, whatever happens in 20 years, I'll be fine. Of course. Uh, because she, I mean, talk about the defender. Oh, Lord in heaven. <laughs> she sometimes defends too much to the point where it's, But she's like, oh, I'm just trying to help you. And I go, let's define help. Okay. (laughs) But uh, she's incredibly good at it. Um, So I I would hope, my hope is that in 20 years that I have affected people in such a positive way. That, That would be my only hope. (laughs) <laughs> or just helping one person.
1: And we're, we're back to real life. What is going to be your first live music show?
0: Okay, so I'm a huge fan of Las Vegas and that is my wife and I's favorite place. She actually loves it now. Uh, we go once a year, except I don't want to go when it's like this, uh, you, you know, with COVID. So the second that everything is open, 100%, I want to go see Calvin Harris at the Omnia at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. That's what I want.
1: Now I'm the, the now, <laughs> dodo that has no clue who that is. Yeah. It's
0: not about the person. It's about the environment oh, that, okay. and it, you know, when we went there for the first time, I think four years ago, you know, my wife didn't know how to gamble. She didn't want to gamble. She, you know, it's very, it, it works because I'm very like, Oh, just put money on this. And she's like, no, we can't do that. Or <laughs> it's going to be a problem. But then at 3 a.m., we decided to get a pizza, and I said, okay, let me teach you blackjack. Just let me teach it to you just for five seconds. So we sit down, and with her shaking arm, she puts a $25 chip for the hand, and she loses. And I'm like, well, my marriage is over. Like, we just lost $25. It's done. Like, she is going to kill me for this. And I go, just stick it out one, one more hand. Puts another chip, and she wins. And then she keeps winning and she keeps winning. Within an hour, she had made $500 to the point to where the next morning at 7 a.m., she is dressed to the nines. We tried to wake me up like, we got to go. We got to go. And I'm like, well, I've never seen the sun here ever. (laughs) And she's like, no, this is so great. And that is that was the experience for us that I kind of brought her out of her shell of it can be fun as long as it's not a disaster. You got to right. have fun in life too.
1: Okay, so if you and your wife have a fantastic child and they are so lucky to make it to age 15 and you hire a babysitter to watch them while y'all go somewhere fabulous and you find out your babysitter uh, has introduced them to the wonderful concoction of Jack and Coke, would you press charges?
0: Well... Uh you seem to speak from experience on this. Were you the one that gave me my first Jack and Coke? I,
1: I cannot confirm you or cannot, deny.
0: Okay. So an honest answer is, as long as the person that was protecting me and looked after me didn't allow me to get behind the wheel of a car, I would give them a raise.
1: Huh. I, um, I... I mean, told that's my just my, that my
0: whole thing is... They're going to do it whether you're there or you're not. Exactly. Don't make it someone how else's problem.
1: Wrong. How, how many things could have gone wrong that I did not consider?
0: Uh, okay. So you considered the one thing that could have been a life-altering mistake, which would have been a driving. Other than that, all the other things that could have gone wrong, there's nothing else that life-alteringly could have gone wrong. Nothing. Okay.
1: Oh, I still, I can't believe I did that. (laughs) (laughs) Even the things that um, would otherwise be labeled a disability or a problem or something to overcome, you became an expert in gratitude. Lord knows there's plenty of things to complain about, but I just, I really feel completely blessed in every aspect of my life.